Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. little check-in on the playoff race in Major League Baseball. It is Tuesday, August 22nd. That's Jack McMullen, and I am Peter Apple, and the Just Baseball Show is brought to you by BetMGM. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android, or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER and must be 21 or older. Jack, I got the odds up. So we're going to see what the odds makers think of each team's chances to make the playoffs because we're about a month and a half away and these races are getting closer and closer. We're also going to check in on the trash bag lit on fire that is the New York Yankees. But before we get to any of that, did you see the Airbnb I was in this weekend? I did. I was going to ask you what you were doing in Utica, New York, because I called Arena Soccer in Utica, New York. I spent two winters doing that and I would drive from Syracuse my junior and senior year and Utica City FC is in the Arena Soccer League and I would drive the what is it 50 miles east of Syracuse it's all highway miles I would drive the 50 miles I would go do Arena Soccer with my guy Richard Shaw who's from Britain and then I would drive back and I spent time at the Adirondack Bank Center which was the home of the Utica Comets and Utica City FC. Um, I don't remember anything really else going on in Utica. What was in Utica? Not much going on in Utica, except it was my girlfriend's aunt's 60th birthday. It was a surprise party, so we went up there. We got an Airbnb and Foolish Baseball, friend of the program, Bailey, had a hilarious comment about the Airbnb, which I posted on my Twitter if you want to watch that video. It basically felt like, you know, the guy who created Pinocchio? It was like his lair. Yeah. And Bailey's comment was, it was like um, the Airbnb host touched me on the shoulder and said, you've been here all along. Here, let me let me read it. Uh, just stall for a second so I can find the, because the, I don't want to misquote him because it was hilarious. But basically what it was, was it was this Airbnb built by an architect. And it was the craziest, most beautiful, most sinister place I've ever stayed in. And we stayed there for the weekend, and it was awesome. Well, it had notes all along the wall. And, I mean, it was architecturally significant from a design perspective, but it was also like you just have a bunch of notes. It feels like a creative borderline nut job lived there. Exactly. So 
the comment was, this is one of those spots where you check out and the Airbnb owner touches you on the shoulder and says, but Pete, you've always been there. Don't you understand? Then you turn to the mirror and see yourself as an old man. Anyways, four out of five stars. The shower water pressure was low. Yes. Good way to describe it. So yes. for anyone curious about the uh, the Airbnb, you might not. You might want us to get into baseball, but you can go check that out on my Twitter. Yeah. Jack, should sure. we talk about the dumpster that is the New York Yankees? So remember when you said we're done talking about the New York Yankees last week? Yeah. And yeah. then you texted and said we're back. I think when I said we're done talking about the New York Yankees, I meant I am done getting upset. I am done being emotionally invested in this team. Okay. Still is the New York Yankees, and they're still breaking news in the sense of how bad they are. And we are a baseball podcast, and they are a team. So, yes, uh, they are a team that we speak about a lot more than we do other fifth-place teams in divisions. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little exercise. You're going to go on a rant right now, and I'm going to ask you how much different your rant is this week as opposed to last week, because it's kind of same shit, different day with the Yankees right now. It's kind of same shit, different day, but they are breaking historical bounds every single time they lose. The eight-game losing streak is the largest since 1995. Ever since the trade deadline, where Brian Cashman says, we have enough players in-house to make a run, and we are in it to win it, the starting rotation has a 7-1-6 ERA, which ranks dead last in Major League Baseball. Against lefties, they've been good. That's been their one saving grace. But they have an 82 WRC plus since the trade deadline against right-handed pitching, which they face more often than not. That ranks 27th in Major League Baseball. This team is firmly in last place, and they have a 0.4% chance per fan graphs to make the playoffs. And there was a quote from Harrison Bader, and this has been kind of the same sentiment that's been said from the Yankees, where... We're still going to go on a run. We still feel fine in the circumstances that we're in. I almost respect the delusion. It's like no matter how many games they lose in a row, there's still this feeling within the clubhouse that they can still make a run. So like I said, at this point, it's just funny to watch them. It's such a bad team. It's such a bad product. It's funny, but you're not laughing. That's the thing. The yeah, the, it's like the stat of the weekend was Julio Rodriguez had as many hits over a four game stretch as the New York Yankees had over a four game stretch. And it, it's fun because it's the Yankees. And I think why we keep going here is because you've never experienced this. And, and I don't mean that in a way that is like, oh, you've got to talk about your team sucking. I mean that like the Yankees have been so good for so long. It's like a Boston sports fan saying wow, this year sucked because Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. Like, dude. You know, I think I think what it is, is it's less about them just not playing well. Because there were years, you know, post-2009, the World Series with the Lyle Overbays and the Vernon Wells of the world, where they weren't very good. They were a mid-80s win team. You know, there was times before I was alive where the Yankees were bad. But it's more of the delusion And it's the same sentiment coming out of the front office and Aaron Boone's mouth. And I can understand the point. Well, what are they supposed to say, right? Well, you could come out and say that this season has not gone according to plan. You could call up the youngsters and at least form a semblance of we're building for next year. But instead, they keep continually putting out the same product and telling fans that they're going to go on a run and telling fans that they're still in a spot to succeed when the numbers are telling us that they are so far beyond competing for a playoff spot. So I think it's the delusion that makes this worse for Yankee fans and myself. I don't think it's necessarily just being 60 and 64, right? There are teams that are way worse, but they at least seem to have a semblance of a plan or building for something or use the deadline to their advantage. I think that's the issue here. Yankees have been bad before, but there's never been this level of confusion from the top down. No, but they've never been this bad before in your life. You were born in 97, 98, 97, 92 was when they were under 500. This is going to be their first year under 500 since 92. If this continues. So they've never been this bad before in your life, but they haven't been like a playoff team, 
right. They ha- they've been like 83. But they've been in the hunt. Seven. No, not 83. Yeah. I think like 88, 89. Like they've been around a 90 win team pretty much every year since 1992. Of course, they've won 100 games in there. They've won 90 something games in there. But like they've never finished with fewer than 82 wins since 1992 when they were 76 and 86 under Buck Showalter. So I think what's happening here is nobody in New York knows how to lose. Nobody with the Yankees knows how to lose. Obviously, the Mets know how to lose. Um, and the Jets <laughs> and, and the Knicks and the Nets. And, okay, shut up. Continue okay. with your other point. Um, but nobody involved with the New York Yankees knows how to lose. So this is your first time dealing with a team that is inadequate. And I, I think the reason a lot of baseball fans are ready to stomp on the Yankee fan base right now is because they're seeing dysfunction in an organization that has been ruthless and non-dysfunctional since George Steinbrenner took over. And, and we're seeing blemishes here for the first time since 1992. And these blemishes are way more public because you're dealing with the New York media because Aaron Boone won't admit defeat. And I don't blame him for not admitting defeat. I don't blame Harrison Bader for not admitting defeat. Um, Dude, the team that I grew up rooting for just had like a, a Watergate type breakthrough of a dysfunctional clubhouse and uh, one of the star players slapped the $20 million player in the face or like, other way around. Like got a guy making 18 to catch and not do a good job of it, slapping the star player in the face the day before the all-star break. So like, I think every organization has almost dealt with things coming to a boil and just having a year from hell. And I don't mean this in a way that is like, oh, you don't know what it's like, but you've never experienced this before. And I think this is, it's fun for me at least to watch you experience this for the first time. Well, I'm glad. But at the same time, I am a Knicks fan. So I've never experienced winning with that team. So it's not like I am a Yankees, yeah, but Brunson's the guy, and Chiefs fan. Brunson's the guy, sure. But what I'm saying is, New York sports fans, a lot of them aren't just Yankee fans. So they're they're used to losing, right? They've watched a lot of Jets games. They've watched yeah, they've a lot never of watched Giants the games, Yankees like lose. Said. I understand. But at the same time, some of these dysfunctional franchises in New York are rooted by, by Yankee fans. So they've seen losing before. So we're not just this perfect fan base who has never seen losing. And neither am I. I don't know. You're kind of it's, as close to a perfect fan base as we've got. It's, in baseball. it's the sentiment coming out of the front office. It's the sentiment coming out of the manager's mouth. And you keep saying, well, I don't blame boom for not admitting defeat. He doesn't have to admit defeat, but there doesn't have to be this level of delusion that we're still in it. What's because he gonna then say? we don't have a direction towards the future. Let me ask That's you what the point. But what's he going to say? Yeah, turnaround's not coming. We're fucked. <laughs> He's not going to say no, that. But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be the best or the worst. These guys are smart enough to find a gray area where they say, yes, this season has not gone according to plan. It is clear that we have not reached our level of expectations. So you know what we're going to do? We're not going to keep putting out the same product over and over and over again and acting like that we're 10 games above 500. Now, having said all that, give me the Yankees plus 18,000 to make the postseason. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, let's let's get into teams that are actually good, actually have a direction, and I don't have to be made fun of for the rest of this podcast. Yeah. All right, so right now, if we pull up the standings, the American League West, the National League Central, and the American League East, there's a battle to the top. And which division would you like to start with? Because the odds are very, very interesting on BetMGM. Yeah, let's start with the NL Central. Okay. So if we look at just the odds to win the National League Central, the Brewers are minus 185. So $185 wins you $100. The Chicago Cubs are plus 185, so it's the inverse. $100 will win you $185. Now, the Reds, there was a moment there. There was a moment there. But now they're plus 775. The Cardinals, 
St. No. Louis Cardinals no. on <laughs> August 22nd are plus 50,000 yeah. to win the division. Do you have the standings pulled up in front of you? Yeah, Milwaukee is three games clear. Uh, the Cubs are five games over 500. They're three back. The Reds are four back at three games over 500. The Pirates are 12 and a half back in Milwaukee. Uh, and the Cardinals are 55 and 70, a half game back of the Pirates and 13 games back in the division. Okay, so if we look at strength of schedule, because I like going on Tankathon, because what they do is they rank, they rank strength of schedule left and they put together all of the winning percentages from the opponents that you have left. So, you know who has the easiest schedule moving forward? The St. Louis, or excuse me, the hardest schedule moving forward is the St. Louis Cardinals. Next up in that division is the Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds. The Milwaukee Brewers and the Cubs are within a couple of points of winning percentage, but the Cubs and the Brewers have six games left against each other. And the Reds are going to have four games against the Cubs. And that's really the only divisional matchups we're going to see between the three. How do you break down this incredibly tough National League Central? Because the Brewers seem to have the edge, especially getting back Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. And that big series against the Rangers was huge for them. But then again, the Cubs are not slowing down, but the Reds kind of are. How do you judge the National League Central right now? Yeah, so it's the Brewers. I think it's the Brewers to lose, and I don't think they're losing it. So unfortunately, I go with the favorite. Um, the Cubs, the Marcus Stroman rib fracture, which sounds like he may be done for the rest of the year, is a brutal blow because they lose their two. I, I'm willing to call Justin Steele the one. Um like they are just without a guy that is a big money anchor for them in that rotation. And I think that's a devastating blow. Now the Cubs, I think are the only team within earshot of Milwaukee, Cincinnati. I know they're four back. I'm ready to declare this Cincinnati trip over, um, especially with Hunter green getting annihilated in his return on Sunday, smoked five homers against, against a blue Jays team that hasn't really been hitting. Belt hit two, Kiermaier hit one, Bichette hit one, Springer hit one. Like, it was bombs away against Hunter Green. And Lodolo, yes, he's working his way back from a rehab. He, he just threw pretty well in Louisville. But, I mean, dude, like, if Green's no good and this pitching is regressing to where they should have been instead of this, you know, out-of-body experience for the offense carrying a subpar pitching staff, um, I just don't see any way that their run of success – can be replicated. So I, I would say the Reds are out, um, turn it into a two-horse race, and I, I think that Stroman absence is going to be massive. So give me Milwaukee. I agree with you. I, I side with the Milwaukee Brewers as well. I just view six games against each other when the Cubs are going to face Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and a really good Brewers bullpen when the Cubs are most likely going to put out Justin Steele, which could be a win because the Brewers cannot hit lefties. But then again, if it's Justin Steele against Brandon Woodruff for Corbin Burns, that's still going to be a tough win. Now, Javier Assad has made a nice transition to the bullpen. I love Assad. Or to the starting rotation so far. Pitching, uh, He pitches today. We're recording on Monday. Before Monday, or before Tuesday, excuse me, 3-1-1 ERA, 4-5-6 expected ERA, right? So there should be some regression coming for him, right? The bullpen has been good, but it's just not to the Brewers' level and then who are the Cubs truly going to put up against the Brewers because right now they have relatively similar strength of schedule left the Brewers still have that three game lead so the Cubs are going to have to do a lot to overcome them and I don't know if they have the starting pitching without Stroman to make it past them but then again the Cubs bats just keep hitting so potentially they could out hit their opponents but that's really tough to do in the dog days yeah I don't think it can. I don't think it's going to happen. But I, at the same time, like if we're looking at betting odds, I don't think laying minus one eighty five on the Brewers is worth it. Do you? I I don't know. Um, I feel very confident in it. And it's so funny if we just look at odds to make the playoffs. The Brewers are minus six eighty. Yeah, I think the Cubs the are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the Cubs are minus 210 
to make the playoffs. So they could yeah. potentially get into that last wild card spot. And I assume you have the wild card odds. I don't have the wild card odds. I have the wild card standings. Excuse me. Wild card standings. Yeah. And the Cubs are holding on to that final spot. Um, The Phillies are two and a half clear. The Giants are half a game clear of that final spot. The Cubs are there. Um, Diamondbacks are one back. So are the Reds. So are the Marlins. And then the Padres are six back. Because the odds are telling us that the Cubs should make the playoffs, right? Because the Giants are right there with them. But then you got the Marlins at plus 150. You got the Diamondbacks at plus 175. Reds. And then you get down to the Padres at plus 600, and it's just a lot of shit coming from there. I have seen Mets fans say that they do have easy schedule left. So Mets fans, if you're looking at a plus 4,000 price to make the playoffs. Go ahead. Do you believe in miracles? Do you want to do, because I know our last two divisions are American League. Do you want to do the NL wild card right now? Because I think that it's going to change. I think the Phillies... I think the Phillies are clearly a postseason team. They're playing out of their minds right now. And I know it's five to 10, but like, dude, there's something about Philly right now. It feels like all systems go and they look dangerous. At the same time, though, they have a tough schedule. They have seven games against the Braves, three against the Giants, three against the Miami Marlins. So it's not easy. No, the seven against Atlanta. I think Philly is a better team than Miami. I think Philly is a better team than San Francisco. Fair. I don't think San Francisco is a postseason team. But they're also a better team than the Nationals, and they just dropped two or three to them. Yeah, that's baseball, man. Exactly. Like, that's why I'm saying it's not an easy road for them left, and they've dropped some important games against subpar teams. But when I do say subpar, the Nationals have not been subpar lately. Shout out Stone Garrett ripping the cover off the baseball. The Nationals have been one of baseball's hottest teams since the uh, since the trade deadline. So... Credit to the Nationals. The Phillies did not lose to a terrible team. But yeah. at the same time, dropping those games is incredibly important. And then they have seven games against the Braves. Like, that's going to be really tough. Yeah. Um. Okay, so assuming the division leaders stay put, so it's Dodgers, Braves, Brewers, I think the three wildcard teams in this order are going to be Phillies, Diamondbacks, Cubs. I think Arizona's hitting their stride again. Phillies, Diamondbacks, Cubs, huh? I think they've won. Arizona has won seven at ten. I I think that they're clicking again. That offense is well oiled right now. Yeah, there's a part of me that thinks the Giants are going to sneak in over those Diamondbacks. Yeah, and that's fair. The Giants are more veteran than the Diamondbacks are. They are, but when I look, because again. Timebacks, Giants, similar strength of schedule. And if we ask the odds makers, the Dimebacks are a plus money price, while the Giants are minus 170. Dimebacks are plus 170. I think I'm going to go with the odds makers and I'm going to predict the Giants, the Cubs, hmm, and the Phillies are the last remaining wildcard spots. So. so do you think the Giants are the top wildcard team? No, I think I think my Phillies... order from best wild card to worst goes Phillies, Diamondbacks, Cubs. Yeah, I think it's going to be Phillies, Cubs, Giants. Got it. Okay. Cool. Should we move to the American League? Yes, but before all that, allow me a moment, please, to tell you about our friends at Alt. Is that fair? That's Is more that okay than fair. with you. Okay, we have to because it's awesome. Yeah, fair. Uh, The baseball card market heating up during the second half of the season and this playoff push. Only place to search for cards is alt.xyz, alt.xyz. Alt is the only platform that allows you to search all the major marketplaces and eBay at one time. Download the free Alt app in the episode description. Type a player into the search bar or their card into the search bar. Alt going to return you every graded card that's available for sale. Even better, you save your search you're notified every time that card is made available. You'll never use another app for researching and buying baseball cards ever again. Just baseball strives to be one-stop shopping uh, in baseball coverage. And uh, if you want one-stop shopping in the card market, might I recommend alt.xyz. Can you please repeat that? Not directly into the mic like you just did. Might I recommend alt.xyz. Is that better for you? 
Yeah, that was a little bit better. Gotcha. Let's move to the American League. So we can start in the American League East because I think it's a little bit easier of a conversation. Yeah. The Baltimore Orioles are three games up of the Rays, and the Blue Jays are eight and a half games back of the Orioles, which means they are five and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. So the way the odds makers describe it is that they think the remaining wild card teams are going to be the Astros, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners. And when we look at the current standings for the American League wild card, right now it is the Rays, the Astros, and the Mariners. Excuse me, excuse me. I I um I messed that up. The remaining best odds to make the playoffs from a wild card spot are the Rays the Astros and the Blue Jays what say you um all right I'm getting close to the camera hey get ready to clip this guys here's why I think the New York Yankees are going to win the American League East um I think that it's Baltimore I think that they've done a nice job pacing their starting pitchers I think that they are going to have a relatively healthy starting rotation as you go through the home stretch. And we have talked about the starting rotation for Baltimore being not World Series caliber, um, but they've gotten them to this point. And I, I think that that is absolutely massive. And the offense is clicking, dude. How about the how about the day that Gunnar Henderson had on Sunday? Gunnar was awesome. He passed up a cycle to stretch something into a double, which I thought was winning and amazing and team-friendly baseball, which was really cool. Um, you know, Adley's playing well right now. Cedric Mullins off the IL has been playing well. Um, Mount Castle has, has figured it out recently. The offense is firing on all cylinders, and the way they paced Wells, Bradish going, G-Rod going, it, way better than we could have expected. I, I think Baltimore is just riding sky-high vibes. Tampa's decimated. And Toronto, I just don't know if they're reliable enough. And we talked about the reliability of Gosman and Barrios. Can't rely on this offense. Can't rely on the other guys in the rotation, even though Kikuchi has been great. I totally agree with you. The Blue Jays, they just haven't been hitting enough for me to really think that they can make a run into this division. And with eight and a half games left, the wild card is their best chance of making the playoffs. And the odds makers agree, right? Orioles are minus 300 to win the American League East, and the Rays are plus 250. Which is interesting because when we were just talking about the National League Central, right, both the Brewers and the Orioles are both three games up, but the odds don't reflect the same amount of chances. So before we move kind of into the wild card, and then, of course, we'll get to who's going to win the American League West because those three teams are all within striking distance. Do you think there's any chance that the Rays can catch the Orioles? No, I don't. The fact that they're running out glass now, uh, Eflin, Savali, and then we'll figure it out with Aslavis Basabe at short. No. It also doesn't exactly help that among the teams left that the Rays have to play, the combined winning percentage is 521. But they do have four games against the Orioles. They're going to have four games against the Mariners, six against the Toronto Blue Jays, five against the Boston Red Sox, three against the Minnesota Twins, and two against the Miami Marlins. That is not an easy schedule, especially when you don't have the pitching to boot and when your bullpen ranks in the bottom 10 of Sierra, which is skill interactive ERA. Yep. The offense has to go on that same kind of stretch that they were in April and May, but without Wander Franco, I think it's going to be a little bit challenging. A little bit. Yeah. yeah by a little bit, I mean a lot. Without McClanahan, it's going to be a lot of it challenging, too. Yeah. But I do think the Rays are going to make the playoffs, as do the odds makers. So should we do American League West, or should we just do the wildcard picture? Let's do the American League West before we get into the wildcard picture, because a lot of these teams, you know, they are in similar spots right now um, in, in division-wise. And so it's I think it's good to just talk about who's going to win the division. Well, I so, I think it's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I'll run you through the standings right now. Um, but then I want to point to the streaks that these guys are on right now because I'm going to have a take that I think you're going to jump on top of. 
Okay. Uh, Texas is two and a half clear. They're 20 games over 500. Houston, two and a half back. Seattle, three back. And then it falls off. LA, 11 and a half back. And then there's a fifth team that's 38 games back. Uh, and they've dropped eight of their last 10. Um, I saw that they just hired a, a firm to do the renderings for their Vegas ballpark, though, which is, I, I don't want to say exciting. That's sad. Zach Geloff, very good. Geloff. Geloff. You're a good Jewish man. I'm a good Jewish man. We got to get that right, man. Geloff. Is that a Jewish last name? Yes. Geloff played for Team Israel in the WBC. Well, I learned something one new One of us, day. man. He's one of us. Um, He's one of us. I learned something new every day. The Rangers have lost four in a row. Houston just got swept by the hottest team in baseball, the Seattle Mariners, who have won six in a row. And not hottest team in baseball. I forgot about the L.A. Dodgers for a moment. Um, here's the thing, man. I think Seattle's going to win the AL West. I think this offense, I do. I really do. I think Seattle is, this offense is finally clicking. Obviously, everybody wants to talk about Julio Rodriguez, and I'll allow you to say your piece. Arm and I talked about it on the Monday show. But, you know, Julio's the story. Second biggest story I think should be Cal Raleigh. This guy is swinging an insane bat right now, and he lengthens that lineup big time. The rest of the offense kind of following suit with Julio as the leader, Cal Raleigh in the passenger seat. Everybody's in the back along for the ride. And this rotation, we've talked about them ad nauseum. I think these guys are taking off right now, and I think that they may put this division away. So when I made my pitch for the Seattle Mariners, this is the team that I envisioned, right? I didn't expect the best offense in the world but I did expect an offense to be in the upper half of Major League Baseball, and the Seattle offense has been one of the hottest in the league since the trade deadline, even though they didn't add much to it outside of getting, of course, Josh Rojas, who has ticked it up a little bit. Dominic Canzone eh, has been okay, but no major changes to this Seattle offense. But we knew about the starting pitching, and Bryce Miller has been standing on his head, Luis Castillo is still that guy. Logan Gilbert is still that guy. And then, of course, you have that bad man who does not allow any free passes in George Kirby, right? They trade Paul Sewell, but they haven't really noticed it because Matt Brash and Andres Munoz are still a bunch of... Munoz is ready to close games. Let's get that out of the way. Sewell was an expendable piece, and that was a good move for them. That was a good move for them. But this is the team that I imagined. And when they're hitting like this... Remember, they were only a couple of at-bats away from beating those Houston Astros last season. If they didn't bring in Robbie Ray to face Jordan Alvarez, we could have been talking about a Seattle Mariners versus Philadelphia Phillies World Series. But instead, the Astros did their thing. So when we look at strength of schedule, Seattle and Houston both have relatively easy schedules moving forward. Combined winning percentages of who Seattle faces left. They have the Dodgers for three. They have the Rays for four. They have the Rangers for seven. And then an important series against the Astros. But they also have six games against the A's. They have three games against the Royals. They have three against the White Sox, three against the Mets, and three against the Angels. Now Houston, three against the Orioles, three against the Rangers, three against the Mariners, seven against the Red Sox. But they have a bunch of series against the A's, Royals, Tigers, Padres, and Yankees. And the Rangers, they have a little bit of a tougher schedule. So when we just look at the odds, the Rangers are a minus 115 favorite to win this division. But the Mariners' odds have shot up. Now they're plus 450. So you're going with a big dog here. And the Astros still sit at plus 150. So notice that I ID'd Cal Raleigh when talking about their lineup. Cal Raleigh by OPS, you want to go by batting average. That's not how you view Cal Raleigh. Cal Raleigh at his best is like low 200s. But if you want to go by OPS, this guy has been their 10th best hitter in the month of August. But he has six pumps, which is, I think, tied for fifth most in baseball during this month of August. Six pumps, they're all coming at huge times. This guy has an affinity for the big moment. J-Rod, 18 games, he's hitting 412. He's got an 1103 OPS. There's a guy 
that has a better OPS in the month of August than Julio Rodriguez on this team. Dylan Moore has played 15 games. He's got a 340 clip. He's had three pumps. He's got an 1109 OPS. Teoscar Hernandez, a 940 OPS. I mean, Haggerty's been playing well. Ty France has been playing well. Gino has four home runs too. Caballero's hitting 300 this month, hombre. Like everybody is riding J-Rod. Everybody is feeling good right now. There's something about what's in the water in Seattle, and I'm buying that 450. But here's my hope. Can they withstand this for the next month and a half, right? The season ain't over. We're not talking on September 21st, right? We are talking on August 21st. Can they withstand this for the next month and overtake these teams? Those in-division games are going to be huge. And I think the Mariners proved a lot of people wrong, right? Because the Mariners were really, really hot. And then they came in on the road against Houston. And we even saw it on my live show, right? The Mariners are frauds. They're not going to beat the Astros. The Astros are the big brother. And then what they do, they steamrolled them. It's a confusing time for the Mariners because they're playing lights out baseball. But at the same time, these teams go through highs and lows. And we have a a lot of data that says that the Mariners offense cannot withstand this. But at the same time, baseball's weird and sometimes teams get hot. And it's like we're buying the Mariners at a high and we're selling the Ashers and the Rangers at a low. Okay, so it's hard for me to get away from the Rangers and the Astros at a low when we know how good they are. So what I'm going to say here is I don't know if the Rangers are at a low. Yes, they've lost four in a row, but I'm looking at the month of August by team OPS. The Texas Rangers are seventh in baseball in team OPS this month. They're OPSing right around 800. I think it's 796. Exactly. Is that down like? 30 points from their season average? Yes, it is. It absolutely is. It might be down 40 or 50 points from their season average. But, like, I can't call a team that's OPSing 800 as a team, like, really hitting the skids. I'm saying the offense is kind of doing what they've been doing, but the pitching has not been good. And what happened to the pitching recently? They kind of got decimated by injury. They did. Seattle. So, Seattle, like, Atlanta has the best team OPS in baseball this month. They're OPSing 901 as a team, which is just fucking nuts. Stupid. But Seattle is the second best team OPS in baseball at 840. Is that sustainable? No. But if they're an 800 OPS team down the stretch and Texas is an 810 OPS team down the stretch, which pitching staff do you trust? Seattle by far. By far. Especially with Ivaldi dealing with that forearm thing and especially with DeGrom out now. Like That's the thing, man. I think... At the beginning of the year, even pre-All-Star break, if we assess this at the break, it's like, yes, I totally buy what Texas has going on. But that was a very healthy Eovaldi. That was a very healthy Texas team, and that was when Seattle hadn't done jack shit offensively. Now that they've given that glimmer and now that the train has left the station, they're even. But we're also forgetting about that team in Houston. I'm not. A, I'm not really forgetting team. And bad in a good way. I know, but Seattle just swept them. So that's what I'm saying. Like Seattle just swept them, and now they're going to win the division. Like it's hard for me to buy that. And Mariners, like I am the Seattle truther. I, I'm wearing a Seattle Mariners hat on my head currently. I am so invested in them to win the pennant, to win the World Series. I have a bunch of units on their overwind total at 87 and a half, which I thought was dead about a month ago. And now we have life. But at the same time, I feel like I've been watching Mariners baseball so long, and I'm so happy that they got so hot right now, and I hope they can withstand it. But I've seen so many Mariners games where there's runners in scoring position and no outs, and they cannot drive them in. And is Julio Rodriguez is this hot streak because he's really the guy, right? We talk mm-hmm. about Dylan Moore. We talk about Cal Raleigh. But at the same time, like there are other guys in the lineup too that haven't exactly held their weight all year, but they have all kind of clicked because Julio Rodriguez had four straight four hit games. That's just not sustainable. I just cannot buy into the Mariners winning this division. 
I still want to buy in on the Astros to win this division because I feel like, you know, they they just got swept by the Mariners and now they're done. I cannot buy that. That's I fair. cannot buy Verlander regressing and Framber, who has a 4-7 ERA in the last month or so, and Javier being this bad, and J.P. France has been their best pitcher. And they still have a great bullpen, and all of their offensive pieces are finally getting healthy. How about Yiner Diaz? We're talking about hot hitters. He might be the best offensive catcher in baseball over the last month, and he is by the numbers. Yep. My pick is still the Astros. I love the Rangers, but I think they're showing their weaknesses a little bit. And it's not like the Rangers remind me of the Rays, but I think the magic is wearing off slightly. And I think if the Astros get back on a heater here, considering that the Astros among 30 teams have the third easiest schedule remaining, while the Mariners have an easiest schedule too, but I think the Mariners are going to remember this sweep against them. Yeah. Excuse me. The Astros are going to remember this sweep. I'm still going to go with the Astros. I think this is a three bid league. I think it's a, I think it's a three team division regardless. I think that two of the three wildcard spots are going to be taken by the American league West. Um, The order is going to surprise you. I think Uh, the division winners right now are Baltimore, Texas, and Minnesota. I think Baltimore and Minnesota remain the same. Just yep. made my case for Seattle to to be there. I think by order of the AL wild card, I think it's going to go Tampa one. Yep. I think it's going to go Houston two mm. and Texas three. I think Houston's going to finish about half a game or a game better than Texas. I agree. I think it's going to be those same wild card teams, except I'm going to put the Mariners in the wild card instead of the Astros, because I think the Astros are going to win the division. Now, do you think the Mariners finish ahead of the Rangers in the wildcard standings? Hmm. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think Texas ends this year third in the AL West. They're still a wildcard team, but I think they finished third in the AL West. I still think the Mariners are going to finish third. I just, hey, that's fine. The, that's fine. So the, no, but I'm upset because I want to fully buy into the Mariners. But like, but I just be... I've seen so much of this team, and they've just they put my head in a loop. People listening, Mariners fans, haven't they put your head in a loop all year? Yeah. No, because it was two different areas. You know what I mean? It was, it, it was like, like okay, am I this offense... buy a months of offense over four months of non-offense, and just now we're hot and we're gonna win the World Series. Like I hope. I'm very financially and emotionally invested. I've left the New York Yankees. I'm now emotionally and financially invested in the Seattle Mariners. But there's a part of me that's still like, uh, I want to buy in, but I'm just being careful here because when the Mariners are hot, they could really, you know, throw the fishing line out in the water. And it's this great thing on the hook. It's so shiny. But then the hook goes through your mouth. And it hurts. Yep. And I know what the Astros are. They're just the the Death Star. They're the Darth Vader. They're just inevitable. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos. I am inevitable. Um. I see a lineup with Jordan, Tucker, Altuve, and Bregman, and now everyone's kind of fully healthy, and they just dropped a series. I just I have to believe in the Astros. I can't help it. I can't help it. Um, this AL West, and I feel like it's been done more recently, but the last one that I remember vividly is the 2013 National League Central, where you had three 90-win teams in the same division. I feel like the AL East has done that recently. Um, I don't know how they might end up doing it this year. They might end up doing it this year, but I think the AL West is going to do it too. I think that we're going to have three 90-win teams in the AL West. Um, it's just it's so bizarre to me, and I know that you know we've We've kind of said it without saying it all year, but I'm going to put it into words because I don't think I have yet this year. It's bizarre to me how much better the American League is than the National League. And we see see that often in the NBA, like, oh, the Western Conference is is so much better than the Eastern Conference. We see in the NFL right now with the AFC versus the NFC, like all these great quarterbacks in the AFC versus the NFC when they have Jalen Hurts. And I I, Cowboys fans, Dak Prescott, come on. Didn't Dak promise, what, less than 10 picks? What did he promise? Yeah, 
it was something. It was an interception promise. So, I, I kind of think he. Whatever. We're not. If I'm, if I'm picking first overall in fantasy football, Ryan Tannehill makes sense, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but like, I don't know. I guess I kind of view that as coincidental, but. Does it feel coincidental this year in feels, Major League Baseball? Feels it feels pretty coincidental. Yeah. yeah, like if we look at if we look at um, the All Star Game, right? The American League has a history of always beating down on the National League, but at the same time, like the National League has done very well, right? Who is the twenty twenty World Series winner? Los Angeles Dodgers. Twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Atlanta Braves. Right. Twenty twenty two. Houston Astros. So in the last three, the National League has won two of them. And the National League still might win the World Series. How about 2019? The or the Washington. Dodgers. Exactly. So it's it's been up and down, right? It's been up and down. I, but and I, Yale's like so the Dodgers or the Braves, like an American League team might not be able to compete with them. But if we're looking at the playoff teams getting in, the American League, I mean, the, think about the teams that might be the third team in the wild card, right? For me, it was the Mariners. For you, it was the Rangers. Compare them to the Giants. It's not even close. You know what this is? The American League is the Big Ten in the NCAA men's basketball tournament, where the Big Ten places like 10 or 11 teams in the tournament, but they all lose the first weekend. They all lose. And then you've got, and then you've got the National League as the, as the West Coast Conference, where Gonzaga and St. Mary's are both headed to the Elite Eight. Like, damn. All right, we solved it. The, Amer- the American League is the Big Ten. That sucks. I like that. I like that. Um, and just to make the playoffs, right? So we already kind of decided we think it's going to be the Orioles winning the East. Yeah. The Twins the winning Central. the Central. I have the Astros winning the West. You have I the see. Mariners. But then regardless, the remaining teams between the Rangers, the Astros, the Mariners, they're all getting in. The race. Rays and the Orioles. So those would be the teams in. But I'm sure Blue Jays fans are like, what about us? Yeah. Like, what do you think their path is? Because if we look at the Blue Jays remaining schedule, it's relatively easy, right? It's not it's not anything crazy, but they do have the Orioles for three, the Rays for six, the Rangers for four, and the Red Sox for three. But they also have a they have a three-game series against the A's, the Royals, the Rockies, the Nationals, the Guardians, and then six games against the Yankees. It's also kind of hard to keep the Blue Jays out of this discussion. But when I look at the picture, how how can we put them in? I don't know. It's so hard. But then again, like one of these AL West teams is going to lose three in a row, and the Jays are going to win three in a row, and then they're going to be right in there. And I, it's... It's like, hard. You know the odds makers. The odds makers are giving the Blue Jays a better chance of making the playoffs than the Mariners. Yeah, I disagree with that. I disagree too, but they run the numbers. Like that's why we like referring to the odds, right? We're not just betting right now. We're giving you what algorithms who have like there's a reason Vegas is so shiny and that there's all these waterfalls because more often than not, they're right. And they're telling us right now, as we sit here today, even after this incredibly hot stretch by the Mariners, that the, they think the Blue Jays still have a better chance. That's the reason why we're bringing it up. I don't know. We can't we can't leave this without talking about the Blue Jays, but I have nothing. I, I, I can't fit them into the puzzle. I'm too stupid to figure out a way that they can fit in here when we've talked about the other teams. Like the Red Sox, also, the Red Sox are three out. The Boston Red Sox are three out, and I, I again, I don't have the brain power to figure out a way where every team makes it. My understanding is there's only three wild card teams, not five. So yes, you're right. I'm just trying to figure this shit out, and I'm scared, and I'm nervous, and I don't know how. I'm also sweaty. Let's wrap with Cy Young odds. You got Cy Young odds? We'll do that quick. So I do have the Cy Young odds pulled up in front of me, courtesy of our friends at BetMGM, and Garrett Cole was leading the way. In the American League, but those odds have shrunk. Now he is still the favorite at minus one fifty five. But you got Kevin Gosman closing in on him at plus three fifty. You got Luis Castillo at plus six hundred, and then it's really out of reach. So it's kind of between those three because George Kirby is at plus two thousand. Otani 
felt arm fatigue. So he hasn't pitched in a while, but he will pitch on Wednesday against the Reds. Mm-hmm. Then you got Framber, who's kind of struggled lately at plus 2,500. Then you got Pablo Lopez. Ivaldi's out of it at this point just due to his injury, right? And then you got Sonny Gray at plus 8,000. But really, there, it's going to be Cole, Gosman, or Castillo. I still think it's going to be Garrett Cole. I do. I think he has the best body of work this season, even with struggling against the Red Sox in that start. What say you? I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. I think he finishes the season strong as the lone bright spot of the Yankees outside of Aaron Judge and Gleyber Torres and Anthony Volpe have been okay. Yeah, I think this guy is the ultimate competitor. And I remember in our preseason awards predictions, I said Cole to win the Cy Young. I also floated him as a very, very dark horse MVP. Obviously, that's not happening because Otani's Otani. But um, yeah, I think it's Cole, man. Like The fact that he's busted out, A, leading the American League in innings, but B, busting out a 303. Like This guy at a mid threes was worth the price point. This guy in the low threes is the best pitcher in the American League. And I think that even if Otani was healthy and he was making starts, he doesn't catch Cole in this race. Um, Fromber, like, I thought Fromber was indestructible. He's looked vulnerable to this point. What stinks is I think the guys that were set to finish one and two had this taken away from them. And for different reasons, it sucks. Ivaldi, I thought, was going to finish one. Yeah, uh, McClanahan, I thought, could finish two. And both yep. those guys had it taken away. Um, so Cole... And listen, that's not an indictment on Cole at all. No, I'm just saying durable as anybody, right? You talked about Jose Brios kind of being like 32 starts every single year. And that was more highlighting a pitcher who we don't kind of talk about. But Garrett Cole truly is the Cal Ripken of pitchers at this point. And we talk about him all the time. That's uh, everyone listening. That's that's a big statement. I didn't mean it, but you know what I'm saying. No, okay. So let's talk about this, right? 32 starts, 33 starts, whatever. That's that's typical. So Cole, since 2017, 33. In 2018, 32. In 2019, 33. In 2020, 12. That's prorated to 32. Uh, 30 in 2021. So he missed, what, two turns through? 33 last year, 26 this year. He's not going to miss a turn through, barring you know a late injury. This guy is so good. He's so durable. He wins this by outlasting guys. And yes, that sucks that we're talking about Eovaldi and and McClanahan as shoulda, coulda, woulda, but Cole's going to win this because this is what he does. It's It's not falling backwards into this award. It's I'm the one that outpaced everybody. I'm the one that ran the farthest. Like that's what Cole is. I agree. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And Garrett Cole is ahead in the marathon. He's not quite Usain Bolt. But he's but Kip he Choji the marathon. Or Kip Choji, um, Elliot Kip Choji, the guy that kept on winning all those marathons. Keep Makes going. Sense. National League Cy Young. Zach Gallen is your favorite at plus 170, but Blake Snell is right on his tail, plus 225. And then you got Spencer Strider coming in at plus 290. And then, of course, you have Steel. Logan Webb Ooh. right at plus 600. Where's Justin Steel? Steele. Justin Steele is at plus 1,000. Oh, my God. So those are your five front runners: Gallon of the Diamondbacks, Snell of the Padres, Strider of the Braves, Webb of the Giants, and Steele of the Cubs. You can't put Strider in this conversation. I mean, he's got an ERA in the mid threes. Like Gallon and Snell have to be the front runners, and I'm actually surprised that the odds reflect that Gallon should win it over Snell. Yes. Uh, Gallon should be winning it over Blake Snell. And you can point to the ERA. Gallon's got, what, a 317. Snell has a 265. Um, yeah. Okay, how about innings? Gallon's at 162. Snell's at 136. Mm. Gallon is walking 1.8 per nine. Snell is walking 5.2 per nine. What about the strikeouts, though? Strikeouts are in Snell's favor. That's what I'm saying. You just brought up the ones, like, if we look at ERA, right? Because Corbin Burns won it with 165 innings. So it's not unheard of, whether we agree with that or not. That's what I'm saying is, like, I don't think that Snell and Gallon should be that much of a difference. While it's not a lot, the 265 versus the 3-1 is definitely substantial. Yeah, but so is the innings discrepancy. And Burns was the FIP king that year, too. 
Zach Gallen this year, the fifth, the fielding independent pitching at 306. Snell, it's at 378. Mm. So clearly in Gallen's favor. And then you look at pitcher war, which is kind of weird, but pitcher war, Gallen is a four and a half win pitcher. Snell's at 2.6. There you go. That's a huge difference. Gallen's been the best pitcher in the National League. By terms of durability, I think the two best pitchers in the game so far this year um, are are probably Cole and Gallen. And I think that they're going to be awarded as such. I think I've been brainwashed to look at just the ERAs for these awards because I feel like it's always the ERA leader that ends up winning this thing. It's not always right, but if it's close enough, it goes so, to the ERA guy. The so two when things. I look at the odds and then I look at a, a half run difference in ERA, I say, well, that shouldn't be where it is. But when you really break it down like that, it makes sense. So the three things that you should look at in Cy Young voting, and we're not going to look at the advanced metrics or anything like that. The three things that you're going to look at in Cy Young voting are ERA, innings pitched, and strikeouts. And while Snell has the advantage in ERA and strikeouts, Gallen has a massive advantage in innings pitched. And he's on a team that looks like a postseason team. Like there's something to what Gallen is doing for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, you just said it yourself. If we look at the three things, Snell leads in two of them. That's all I'm saying is that I think the race is a lot closer than the odds reflect. Yeah, but right? I just I just like watching Gallen so much more than Snell. So I'm super biased. You're super biased. You're super biased. That's okay. That's okay. No, but I, I I see what you're saying. If if Gallen doesn't miss a start. But then if Snell doesn't miss a start, and let's say Snell makes. So Snell can get to what? Like 170? Gallon's going to get let's over say, 200. Let's say if, let's say Snell is at a 2.8 at 170 innings and Gallon is at a 3.2 in 200 innings. Snell has more strikeouts and the war gets a little bit closer. We got a very close race here. Yeah, but if Arizona is in a wild card position and the Padres drift into obscurity, I'm almost more inclined to go Arizona. That might be the deciding. That might be yeah. the deciding factor. But let's say Arizona doesn't make the playoffs, which I don't think they will personally if I had to bet on it. I don't think they're going to. Let's say both miss the playoffs. Then it gets a lot closer. It does. I, I think Blake Snell is going to end up winning this thing, even though I think that Gallon deserves it because I believe in durability more, but I think Snell is going to win this thing. If I had a Cy Young vote, I cannot vote for a guy that's walking over five guys per night. I just can't do that. It's more than fair. I'm just giving my prediction, not who I'd vote for. I would vote for Gallon, but I think Snell is going to end up winning it because I think he's going to be the lone pitcher in the National League with an ERA below 2-8. And he'll probably lead the league in ERA and be one of the league leaders in strikeouts. And if he's at 170 innings, there's precedent there. Watching, and they won't care about the FIP. Yeah. And if both teams don't make the playoffs, which I think is the most predicted, like I think that's going to happen. I think Snell's going to win. The, the reason I love pitching as much as I do is because the best in baseball have this calming effect where they can go nine and it can be low stress. Watching Snell is like going to Six Flags <laughs> and like you're riding this roller coaster and you're yakking and you have funnel cake, which makes you feel shittier. But then you leave and you trick yourself into thinking you had a good time. That's a Blake Snell start. Yes, I agree with you. Blake Snell is a roller coaster <laughs> of a ride when watching him. But at the same time, those walks haven't resulted in more runs. Yeah. So Allen has given up more hits. Right? Just, more my blood pressure is so much Gallen. higher with Snell, and I don't like having high blood pressure when I'm watching pitchers. And Gallon, Gallon is such a calming guy on the hill because he dots, and Snell doesn't, and it stresses the me thing out. Is he throws it in the strike zone, and more hitters are hitting it. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> my brain hurts, bro, and the podcast. That'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. Mailbag tomorrow with Aram and I. Damn. Make sure to go check out our social media pages, whether that be at just baseball show on Instagram or at just BB underscore media. Get all your questions in there. The best way to support the just baseball show is to get yourself some just baseball merch. 
Can you believe? Of course, I'm rocking a just baseball tee. The thing is nice. It's I'm not. I hate this place. Jack hates this place. Don't be like Jack. Go get your merch in the episode description. But another good way to support without spending a dime is to rate and review this podcast five stars, whether it be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And check us out on YouTube, of course. And if you are watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, the like button. Comment if we're crazy. If you think that Braves fans probably think Strider is the runaway Cy Young Award winner, let us know why in the episode description. That's Jack. I'm Peter. We'll be back tomorrow with that. Thank you.